today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Health Minister Christine Elliott just finishing up a news conference. Uh, some of the highlights to what she was saying. Uh, 54% of 18 plus have had one shot in their uh, hot spots, which is great. Uh, obviously, for the last two weeks, the uh, 50% of the uh, the product coming in, the vaccine coming in, has gone to those hot spots, and uh, obviously, we're seeing the evidence of that. Uh, also, talking about uh, an earlier second shot, and that there's 250,000 doses of AstraZeneca that is coming in next week, apparently. I thought there wasn't any more coming in till the end of June, but apparently that will be held back for second shots. Uh, they say if you've received the first shot of AZ, the second one is a breeze, uh, and if you're going to have issues, you're going to have it with the first shot. So uh, no more administration of AstraZeneca as a first shot. Here's what the health minister had to say, a clip from earlier this morning. Well, for the moment, with the small number of doses that we already have, we're just holding onto them pending the final review by NACI and Health Canada. As far as the uh, doses that uh, will be available during the week of the 17th, that is something that no final determination has been made as yet as to uh, whether they will be received in Ontario. So it's all pending the review by NACI and, uh, and Health Canada. Oh, man. Uh, what is left on the shelves is uh, held back now for uh, the second shot. And uh, again, AZ is on pause until they hear more from Health Canada and NACI. I don't know how they can make it any more clear. Uh, that's what we need, more cooks in the kitchen. Uh, and uh, yeah, continue with the protocol. All right, let's bring in Dr. Isaac Nazi, Associate Professor in the Department of Medicine and Principal Investigator with the McMaster uh, Platelet Immunology Laboratory and with us now. Doctor, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me, Scott. So your thoughts on where we are now, obviously there's more concern around AstraZeneca, although we still should stress that the, uh, the, uh, the, the threats are extremely low at this point still. Uh, however, there is concern because there has been some new information out. Uh, also, not a lot of AstraZeneca coming in, obviously, with the situation in India and such, although we are getting another 250,000 uh, next week, which will be held back for uh, those that have already had their first dose uh, as the second. Your thoughts on on this pause? Yeah, I mean, my thoughts are uh, consistent with what's coming out from the government. I mean, it's a multifactorial, multi-issue uh, uh, thing we're dealing with right now. So really, it's supply, it is safety, it is availability of the other vaccines, it is the number of COVID, the hotspots. Like, there's a lot of things that come into a decision like this. It's not just... Um, a single variable that we say, okay, there's a risk, it's rare, we're going to decide to remove it. That's not how it works. So there's a lot of elements that are taking place here with this decision. So uh, obviously an abundance of, of supply coming in through May and June of Pfizer and Moderna, so there's no real blip in the supply chain because of this. And again, as I mentioned, the AstraZeneca was thinning out anyway uh, due to the situation in India. Uh, that being said, uh, what about that second dose and holding these AstraZeneca shots back for those second doses? Should people who have had the first feel confident about getting the second? Yeah, if you were confident enough with the first one, you should certainly be confident enough with the second one. I mean, the, uh, the data that we have available right now says that the second dose of AstraZeneca could cause 
a uh, rare claw in something around one in a million. Um, so if you were confident enough to take it when it was one in a hundred thousand, which was a great decision, uh, then you should be okay taking it with the second dose, uh, taking the second dose of AstraZeneca. Uh, let me ask you this, doctor. Um, uh, I had the first shot of AZ, uh, and it was fine. I had absolutely, other than a little sore arm, I had absolutely no reaction whatsoever to it. It, it, You know, touch wood. Um, but I know someone who did have uh, a reaction to it, and that first 24 hours was, was, was not a good experience for them. If you ha- are having that kind of reaction to this, as opposed to someone like myself that didn't really have a reaction, I, you know, I don't think I'd be hesitant to get the second shot of AZ. But however, if I had had an adverse side effect or, or, uh, you know, that 24 hour period uh, that some people have had, should they question whether to get it again? No, they should certainly not question that. I mean, uh, uh, some of the information that we have is that um, those 24-hour uh, side effects that you get after AZ um, are really specific to AZ, and some people are getting those. And it's the opposite with uh, Pfizer and Moderna. People who are getting that shot are feel feel well after the first shot. It's the second shot that they you know kind of might get those uh, 24-hour symptoms. Uh, you know. Some of them are flu-like symptoms. So, <clears throat> no, there's no relationship. How do you explain that? Because I have heard that, that, um, you know, the first shot of the Pfizer, fine, but the second shots might be, uh, you, you know, you might see a bit more uh, side of a, uh, side effect. How do you explain that, or can you at this point? Yeah, it's the immune response and how you're responding. Remember, they're both, they're two different technologies. One is an adenovirus, and the other one is a, uh, a different vehicle that delivers the uh uh, mRNA to our cells. So when you look at the uh, pro-inflammatory cytokines that are, these are proteins in our body that are part of the immune response, they're much higher when you get the adenovirus vaccine on the first shot uh, versus uh, the, uh, the Pfizer and Moderna. So it's just the, the type of uh, vehicle that is being used to deliver the vaccine and how it's inducing uh, your immune response to it. Uh, obviously, we hear that uh, there is study going on in the UK about mixing these doses, having you know one than the other, even if it's the traditional type. Also, with the uh, the R uh, MNR uh, mRNA vaccines, um, what are your thoughts on on that possibly being a, a scenario? And does that change the side effects in any way? I guess again, I'm asking questions we don't know. Your thoughts? Yeah. So. Uh- that's a great question, and we're we're you know we're excited to hear what the results of that study are, especially here in Canada, because if you did get AstraZeneca, and if the results from that study are uh, are positive, and uh, the supply of AstraZeneca is low, and you you, you and you're a person who needs the um, a different type of vaccine, you want to be certain that the data shows the right stuff now. Um, immunologically, it sounds like, so theoretically, it sounds like it should work. Uh, in fact, some immunologists will say it might even work better. You're getting a, you might get a synergistic, uh, response and, and provide more immunity against, uh, the virus itself. Uh, but we cannot, we cannot proceed to that until that data comes out, um, which I think is anticipated to come out in the next something like uh, uh, four to six weeks or, or, or at least part of the data to come out soon. 
We certainly have heard in the past, and this is not necessarily with vaccine in any way, that some medications will react uh, differently with others and, and sometimes not positive. Is that the case with vaccine? Although we have seen that you can mix different uh, brands of vaccine, maybe not different types as in this new technology. Uh, but is there any reason to believe that there would they would react against each other? Or is it different with drugs as opposed to vaccines? Not yet. I mean, uh, we don't know. That's why part of this study is not only efficacy, but it's also also safety. Will it produce enough? Uh, will it produce adverse effects when you mix them? So that's that's that we don't know. What we do know is vaccines have been used in different formats previously, uh, and they're perfectly fine. Um, of course, there's uh, mixing drugs are are a, are a different uh, scenario, but with, when it comes to vaccines, they have been mixed before with other uh, um, for other viruses. So it. it you know, the, the potential of it to happen is there, but that's why the study is also evaluating uh, safety. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, the province was said, uh, as, as a couple of other provinces have, uh, that they are pausing AstraZeneca. Uh, Health Minister Elliott said, and waiting for further info from NACI and Health Canada. Um, how do you think they're going to add any more clarity to this? Or again, does that just add to the confusion? I, I'm not sure exactly what the reviews are going to be about, but I'm, uh, part of it is it certainly should be the risk of these clots upon a second dose. The, uh, the UK has a lot of data. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we, we're moving, we're moving away from AstraZeneca, but the UK is almost out of their, um, uh, pandemic because of AstraZeneca. It has yeah. saved a lot of lives. Let's, uh, let's uh, uh, be realistic here. But if we don't need it, then why use it? The risk is rare, but there is no clotting risk so far with Pfizer and Moderna. So you're weighing zero risk on one side versus one in a hundred thousand risk on the other side. So if we have the supply of the um, mRNA vaccines, then why not uh, use those? Uh, and as you uh, as you reiterated, uh, almost seventy percent of the UK have been uh, vaccinated with AZ, and we certainly know where they are uh, now. Uh, the Prime Minister said yesterday, uh, "A one dose summer, a two dose fall." What does a one dose summer mean? What can we we expect from that? I remember uh, several months ago, the Center for Disease Control in the United States uh, started issuing regulations what they could do once they were fully vaccinated. But w- what can we do with one dose? What's the difference between uh, the summer we're having now and the spring, or the summer in the future and the in the spring we're having now? Well, I'm one of those people that can't wait for us to open up, and I'm sure there's a lot of people feeling exactly like me. I have uh, faith in a one-dose uh, vaccine to keep us safer than we are without a vaccine, obviously. Mm-hmm. A two-dose is certainly more robust, and it's much safer, and it's it's a path towards some nor- nor- some sort of normal life. My hope is that I am cautiously optimistic, but I am optimistic that once we have our first dose, um, the virus spread will be lowered. Hospitalization and ICUs will be dropped when we get into our second dose. And hopefully, hopefully it is during the fall, uh, going back to our uh, schools, our jobs, and, and, you know, the path that the prime minister has drawn up, hopefully actually materializes. But I think uh, cautiously, cautiously optimistic because there's always hiccups in the, in the road, but that's what we're doing. We're, we're, 
we're here so we can deal with those hiccups as they uh, present. Uh, with one dose, do you do you feel comfortable with uh, lifting restrictions? I mean, seeing people outside your bubble is that possible with just the one shot? Yeah, that that question is way above my uh, pay uh, pay mm. grade. Uh, I don't I don't make those decisions. I know from an immunity perspective what a one dose can provide versus a two dose, um, but uh, those those are those are decisions that have to be, do, be done you know, on the provincial and uh, federal level um, to proceed. Uh, okay, let me ask you this question in a different way, Isaac. What about comparing last summer to the summer we're about to get? Yeah, I think I think we could be in a much better situation. I mean, having a one dose does provide immunity. Uh, it does decrease the, sp- uh, the spread of a, a virus. It does decrease the hospitalization. And if we can relieve some stress on our healthcare system, then we should be able to have a little bit more of a normal life. Now, whether we go back to, um, uh, you know, complete lifting of lockdowns and what it would look like, I'm not sure. But uh, there is immunity from a one shot, so we might be able. But we cannot let our guard down. That's the thing. That's that's the biggest thing. We cannot let our guard down. We still have to stick to public uh, health uh, measures that are that are um, that are that that should be enforced. And if we can uh, have a much better summer, I mean, I'm sure everybody's hoping for that. And, you know, we should remember in all of this, too, uh, that even though we are seeing uh, the amount of supply coming into the country increase through May and June and more and more people are becoming uh, vaccinated, uh, it's not necessarily the vaccination numbers. It's also what kind of condition the hospitals are in, how many people are in ICU, that sort of thing. Correct. I mean, Everything has to be driven by what our healthcare system can handle. And if you look at our numbers right now, they look promising. We're in the mid 2000s, um, but that's still a very high number compared to previous waves. So it's promising that we've dropped from the 4,000 uh, 4, number to the 2,500, and hopefully the trend continues. But this is still a strain on our system. So the numbers have to drop. The healthcare system, ICUs, hospitalizations all need to drop so that we can actually manage uh, other cases if they come up, whether it's because of variants or other uh, situations. Uh, we heard Dr. Williams say uh, the other day that, you know, because everybody wants to know when, 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 uh, he would like to see numbers, new cases drop down below 1,000 or at least to the 1,000 level and ICU numbers down around uh, 300 uh, in the province. Is, is that a realistic goal in the next month? I, I believe so. I don't know the exact uh, the, the exact trend of the curve, but you know it, it's it's all about the vaccinations we're getting. And if uh, we're truly going to have this many vaccinations, and and we're we're going to reach our sixty or seventy percent of first dose in the next month, that coupled with the fact that you know we're still in a lockdown right now should ease those numbers, and uh, and hopefully we can reach those in a, in, in in four to six weeks. So um, I. Again, I, like I said, I'm up. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm looking forward to seeing that progress. All right. Uh, obviously, uh, in the last 24 hours, Doctor, I've received a lot of email. A lot of people pretty upset about uh, what is happening with AZ, and some of them saying, "That's it. I don't trust anybody." I, da 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 da. Uh, and you can really sense people are uh, upset with that. However. 
On the other hand, um, you know, as you mentioned, we are getting more and more of the other vaccines, which makes AstraZeneca uh, less relevant in all of this. But what would you say to those that are upset right now because uh, of the mixed messaging around AstraZeneca and uh, perhaps, you know, they were some feel coerced into getting the shot because there was nothing else there. That's really what I'm hearing. You made the best decision with the best information available at the time. That's what it was. That risk hasn't changed from back then to today. What's changed is the supply of the vaccine. What's changed is the number of uh, cases. What's changed is, uh, is, is uh, where we stand right now during our, in our pandemic. The, the, the risk, in fact, you probably, you're, if you took it uh, earlier than 20, 28 days ago, then you're out of the, out of this, the uh, timeline of uh, the clotting. So you're, you're perfectly fine right now. And if you're midway through your 28 days, then you're, you're, you, you still have two more weeks to go. Be, uh, be cautious. Um, don't panic. Uh, we have a system to continue to, uh, to identify these clots and to treat them. Um, your, your decision was not wrong at the time. And right now you should not feel like you, like, like you were, you had, been misinformed. Science evolved, and we need to evolve with the science. That's how we work. We knew about what was happening back then. We dealt with it at the time. Now we have potentially better options. We're going to choose the better options. Um, so n- nobody should feel that way if they, if they were confident enough to get it when it was available at the time they got it. And let's not forget, it was AstraZeneca that helped us get us to where we are now with the trends slowly starting to go downward. So uh, obviously it has helped us as well. Correct. I mean, look at the UK, the best example out there. Yep. Dr. Isaac Nazi with us, Associate Professor in the Department of Medicine and Principal Investigator with the McMaster Platelet Immunology Laboratory. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. Thanks, Scott, for having me. And I want to give a shout out to my group and my lab and Dr. Arnold and Dr. Kelton for making all our work possible. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, from all of us, thank you for all the great work and all the great research you're doing to keep us all safe. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. 1253 News is on the way. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.